Isaiah chapter 46. The bell bows down, Nebo stoops, their idols are on beasts and livestock. These things you carry are borne as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop, they bow down together. They cannot save the burden, but themselves go into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and remember the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age I am he, and to the gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, I will carry and save. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh out silver in the scales, hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a God. Then they fall down and worship. They lift it to their shoulders. They carry it. They set it in its place and it stands there. It cannot move from place to place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save him from his trouble. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, your transgressions. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring from the end of, from the end, from the beginning and from the ancient times, things not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart, you who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in in Zion, for Israel is my glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kind of stumbled through that one a little bit. I apologize to the listeners. You know, our daily rhythm, we're, we're a ragtag crew. Of, uh, of people and it's a good time this is a great chapter though it is a great chapter and even uh stumbling through it is it's like rolling down a meadow of flowers oh uh, so so beautiful dude i do love verse four has been such a comfort to me uh the even to your old age you I are mean, getting kind of old i i know I, you know, so I mean, I'm glad Jen and I went on a hike the other day, and like it's a hike we've done many times, and like I was a little more winded than normal. Yeah, and I was like, man, also even even to your old age. Yeah, whatever. But to old age, I'm he, and to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear. I will carry, and will save. Mm. You know, God just paints Himself as such an attending, attending shepherd and father um throughout these chapters so we see that and uh you know just to clarify uh bell and nebo the first two uh you know people so to speak mentioned here bell bows down nebo stoops uh first line of verse one those are two babylonian deities um and so god continues some of his great slam poetry on the you know deities and idols of these foreign nations and once again uh much like isaiah 44 we just have a great uh kind of sarcastic depiction of the life of somebody who's devoting themselves to idols which is you know they carry around this thing on their shoulders then they set it in its place and it stays there and it can't move and then they ask it for salvation and god says like are you gonna liken me to that so a lot of depth here, um, you know, building on themes that we've seen and then some new themes. So Thomas, 
Isaiah 46. What Isaiah say 46. you? Uh, I, you know, this middle section here, verses um, five through seven, where he says, you know, to whom will you liken me, make me equal? Um, and then it talks about the idol builder and uh, and how they they get gold and they get silver and they hire somebody who's a craftsman and they make this, they make an idol, then they fall down and worship. And then the last line says, if one cries out, it does not answer or save him from his trouble. And it makes me think of first Kings 18, the famous um, Elijah moment on Mount Carmel, where he, um, he basically has a duel with mm-hmm. the prophets of Baal. And, uh, and so he has this, this duel on Mount Carmel and he taunts them. Hmm. He's like, you guys go first, whichever God brings fire out of heaven, that'll be the God. Hmm. That'll be the one we'll call God. And he, he partway through begins to taunt them. And he's like, Hey, maybe you should call louder. Maybe your God is hard of hearing. Hmm. Maybe he's taking a nap. (laughs) Oh, maybe he's in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's just this like crazy moment where you're like, Okay, Elijah, he had to use a Yiddish word. He had chutzpah. He like he he knew what was up. Yeah, and uh, and and part of the reason I think he was like so bold is because he uh, it says that at one point those those worshippers of Baal they they cut themselves with swords in order to get their god's attention. Now, if you cut yourself with swords, it means you have swords. Yep. So four hundred fifty folks with weapons. Yeah, is yeah. who is who Elijah was like taunting. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Their God never answered them. Mm-mm. Elijah barely prays a prayer, and the Lord answers. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways it's such a powerful story. In other ways, we really have to kind of like walk it back a little bit to figure out. Yeah, we don't we don't have like little golden idols anymore. We're not we're we're not really in a Hindu context where we have like a bunch of different little figurines that are our idols, our different gods for different things, but we do. Mm. we still have these uh it can be a retirement account mm-hmm. um it can be uh the number of kids that you have it can be your properties it can be um your clothing it can be your devices like we we have little idols totally. and when we get in a pinch sometimes we're like "Ooh, i should pray to god now mm-hmm because this other idol's not coming through, and that's I kind I kind of call it Christian Hinduism, mm. yeah. where we would say Jesus is my Lord, mm-hmm. but we have four or five other gods too, totally. And so we can't read this and just think, oh, that's them. Mm-hmm. I think we can read this and say, let me do a little soul searching, and and let me see what little idols might be walking around in my life. Mm. Um, absolutely and I think so when I read this that's like a very practical um, a very practical point in the middle of this chapter that I think man are are we that different than these folks absolutely you know uh, and I think the I, I love that concept the Christian Hinduism sort of idea because what has been really convicting to me is when you read about the people of Israel you know, assimilating with the religions of other lands uh, and like the Canaanites and whatnot throughout the Old Testament, they're not necessarily throwing out the Yahweh thing. No, you keep know. him. Yeah. He's, he's been really helpful. He got us out of Egypt. Yeah. Let's just, you know, set up Baal right down the road. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so there's this like coexistence that they go for. And I think that that is so common a theme in my life and just in, in and the all life of our, of our churches. Of our lives. We're always exactly. fighting to not have idols. Exactly. And I think like the strongest, you know, an- antidote to that is this question of, of the, that's reiterated all throughout the Bible, which is who is like the Lord? Mm-hmm. Who's like the Lord, our God? Because when you like meditate on that, and I think we're instructed by this text to meditate on that, you know, who would you liken to God? Like consider the character of God, consider the transcendence and yet his descent to be with us. Like yeah. consider that who is like the Lord. And as yeah. you begin to dwell on that and like search out the answer to that, all the other things like fall by the wayside. And I think that that is yeah. rather than just like do betterisms where it's like, Oh, like, yeah, I probably have a couple of idols. Like I'll, I'll get to work on that. It's like, no, don't, don't dwell on your badness uh, and your failure, but dwell on the goodness and beauty of God and the magnitude and righteousness and salvation of God. And that is what will actually cure this like insatiable temptation that we have to turn away towards these other things is to realize that they are nothing in light of the radiance of God. And I, th- I think to that point, like, I think the way you, sometimes the way you get there is not to, not to dwell on or to like focus on your other gods, but to do what verse eight says. And that is remember this stand firm, recall it to mind your transgressions or your transgressors. Um, and I think then remember the former things of old for I am God. There is no other like me. I am God. There is none like me. So it's like this blend of like, let me, let me recall to mind the transgressors. Let me remember like what I traded God for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How'd that work out? Absolutely. If I traded God to like get a promotion or to buy something or to like, uh, be with somebody or if I, how did that work out? Mm hmm. And so we don't want to live there and we don't want to just live in regret, but it is good to remember there is no other like God. There's mm-hmm. none like him. And so I think one of the best ways to get to that spot you're talking about is to say, what are some things I have traded the Lord for? Mm-hmm. And Keller used to ask that and when when he was alive and he was preaching in New York City, he would ask that somebody, he knew people didn't have like little statues typically, um, but he would try to find out what their God was. Mm-hmm. And then he would basically ask them, how's that working out for you? Mm-hmm. How's that God going to treat you? Mm-hmm. Let's play this out. Let's, let's play the long game. That is something I've started to practice. Um, and like, if I, if I start to get tempted by something to like take the place of the Lord, like, how's that going to treat me? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, just to, to kind of dwell more on, I think it is interesting because we can go too far into misinterpreting this as like, we always have that Elijah versus the prophets of Baal experience where like God rains fire from heaven at our bidding. And, um, you know, it's like there, there's just this like undefeatable sort of nature or whatever. And Isaiah is prophesying to a nation, uh, to Judah who is about to go into exile mm-hmm. and God is going to be really silent while the temple is being raided by Nebuchadnezzar. And, you know, God is going to be really silent and all these like big 
public spheres where they like call on him to speak out. And yet for those who are faithful to him, who seek him and the generation who is going to grow up sort of under these words of Isaiah Mm -hmm. and then go into exile, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Mm -hmm. that they will actually find God in the furnace of Nebuchadnezzar. They'll actually find God in the prisons of Babylon. And so there's this amazing tension that this promise brings that we can sit in, which is like, you know, God is always active, always ready to save, always able to save, always working out salvation. And yet it is not always immediate and clear. And that's where we are called to wait on him, to trust in him. And the only way that we will have the perspective and the ability to do that is to do what is talked about here and to consider the former things in you know, to see how fall, how short everything else falls when we liken them to God. Hmm. I think that's such a good word. And let's, let's listen to him. You stubborn heart, you who are far from righteousness. And I think that verse 12 is, is good for us to just say, okay, is there a hint of stubbornness in my heart? Hmm. And I think this is a great scripture to pray back. Um, Lord, help me to listen to you and show me where my heart is stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lord, if I am far from righteousness, would you draw me back? Because in your righteousness is beauty. In your righteousness is security. Let me be one of the faithful, whether mm-hmm. I'm coming out of exile or going into exile. Let me be one of the faithful by your grace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, the great word in Isaiah 46. And we're not done with Isaiah yet. So for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle. And you'll find us right here tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.